Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So start off by telling me, are you really fine? everyone and welcome to our third episode of No Really I'm Fine. Thank you so much for staying with us and hopefully you have listened to the first two episodes this week. So this week we have launched during Mental Health Awareness Week in partnership with the Mental Health Foundation to promote this year's theme of body image. Now we've got a packed episode for you, lots of guests and lots of conversations to be had. We apologise though if some of the audio doesn't sound as best as the other two episodes. We've just been here, there and everywhere to get this perfect for you. So we do apologise if some of the audio isn't that clear, but going into this week, it'll be much better. So Kate, do you want to start off by telling our lovely listeners what is in store for them? Yeah, so when I found out uh, the theme of Mental Health Awareness Week was going to be body image, I was excited. I love, you know, body positivity and, and, and all things like that. And I love promoting healthy body image because I think, I think you know, we get we get so many messages from all different angles and all different outlets, you know, telling us we should look a certain way and that if we don't look that way, it's wrong. And I think that the consequences of that can be disastrous. You know, it can affect people's mental health, uh, self-esteem, relationships, all kinds of stuff. So I think anything promoting a more diverse and a more positive body image is just great. And the more, the better, really. Uh, so I was lucky enough to sit down and have a roundtable discussion with Mandy Rose from the Empowered Women Project, which um, has won awards. Actually, it's... Mandy has, has taken a petition to put a ban on like skinny tea and coffee influencers and fake Photoshop Instagram posts and stuff. Um, she's taken a petition to the House of Commons um, because she wants to see that banned, which I completely agree with. I think it's so irresponsible and so dangerous. Uh, you get people like the Kardashians advertising skinny lollipops and stuff. People, people with that kind of following advertising what is essentially a sweet for a child that supposedly helps you lose weight. I think that is disgusting. Um, so I love her. And then we've got Nell from the Women on Woman on Top blog. Uh, she's a body and sex positive influencer and she's amazing. Uh, she, she talks about her body struggle and yeah, you check her out on Instagram. She's just incredible. I feel like um, every guest we've had on at the moment, we just want to sort of just hang around with and just oh my go God. and have a brew with them afterwards. <laughs> oh my God, I'm just fangirling everyone that comes in. I'm like, do you want, do you want to be <laughs> yeah. friends? So yeah, I've just got to talk about body positivity and it's been ace and I want to do it every week. When we found out of this year's theme of body image, me and Michael just sort of looked at you and thought, this is Kate's thing, this is this is great, you know, because you've been promoting, you know, body positivity for a while now, haven't you? Oh my God, yeah, it's something I'm just so passionate about and I'm just, I'm just really sick of of being 
being not not just me obviously everyone being told how to look i just think it's just i'm like it's 2019 like really yeah exactly also on the episode we are interviewing lucy martin now for those of you who don't recognize her name she is the bbc weather presenter for bbc one and for you for the bbc in general as well and it was just really lovely to chat with her um she's bbc's first disabled web presenter and it was just nice to sort of get her views on her own body image which is very positive i mean i won't go into too much detail because we'll be chatting to her shortly but she was just she was just very admiring and just very positive about her body so i think that that just gives the episodes a nice little little flavor and a little turnaround of, of the other side of things as well yes we love lucy so yeah um that's it isn't it i mean that's it in a nutshell for episode three it is chock full of body positive goodness and it's just ace <laughs> i mean there's probably going to be a lot more episodes on this coming up because it's such a huge mm-hmm. topic mm-hmm. And, and for men and women it just seems to affect everyone at the moment about how they feel about their bodies it just seems a lot of people are insecure about the bodies but then at the same time there's that equal amount of positivity and you know love for the bodies going on especially on social media as well so i feel like that side of things doesn't get mm-hmm. it isn't enough as as the negative so it, it's nice to sort of promote both on on this episode absolutely everyone everyone's got a body everyone's got a body story so more of this please and if you want to keep track head to twitter I'm fine podcast underscore where you can check out all our updates and more. We all have mental health and it's just as important as physical health. No really, I'm fine shares real stories and experiences, but we aren't experts and this podcast is not an alternative to getting official medical advice. If your mental or emotional state quickly dips or you're worried about someone you know, help and support is out there. Talk to your GP or call the Samaritans on 0800 58 For advice on how to help a friend or loved one, visit rethink.org. So today we're talking all things body positivity and I'm joined by Nell Grecian, who's a body and sex positive influencer, and Mandy Rose Jones, founder of the award-winning The Empowered Women Project. Ladies, hello. Hi. Hello there. I'm going to start by asking you, Nell, are you really fine? I am fine. Good stuff. And Mandy, how about you? I am fine. Thank you for asking. So straight into the body positivity. Nell, you're, you know, you're, you're massive on, on Instagram. Really love what you're doing. You're probably one of the most body positive people I know, which is great. What does body positivity mean to you? Oh, thank you. That's so lovely. For me, it means just learning to accept yourself. And I think something really important and also something really misconstrued with body positivity is that it's not all about always thinking you look amazing. It's kind of understanding that your body is ever growing and ever changing and evolving and just sort of rolling with that and refusing to apologise for it. Great stuff. And Mandy, how about you? What, what, What does it mean to you? Body positivity is such an important social movement for all bodies. And for me, it's just a movement which is acceptance, no matter what your body looks like, what stage it's at. And like Mel said, it's constantly going through growth and whatever. So it's just about being in a space where no matter what your body's doing or what it looks like, it's accepted, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Nell, I'm just going to touch back on what I said before about, you know, you're you're quite proud of your body. And I think that's great. 
I just wonder, has that always been the case or have you struggled? And, and, and if so, how have you overcome that struggle? Yeah, no, definitely. I think I've dieted for most of my adult life. I think since I was about 13 anyway, I've literally been on just about every fad, fad wagon I could get on. And I've always prioritised losing weight over absolutely everything. When I was younger and in my sort of teenage years, I was absolutely convinced that my life would just fall into place and I would suddenly become so much happier and bag myself a boyfriend if I could just squeeze into a size eight pair of jeans. And spoiler alert, it just didn't happen like that. I made it into the jeans and it just made me more unhappy than I'd ever actually been. So I just stopped. It was quite recently, I think in the last 18 months or so, but I just stopped and started enjoying myself. I stopped labeling foods sort of good and bad and categorizing themselves in that way. I stopped counting my calories and basically just started living. I think it's just really important to understand that like whilst I'm really against dieting, being healthy is so important and your body is, you know, what houses you. And so looking after that, whilst that is so important, I also think you absolutely can't deny yourself of a life. Absolutely, yeah. And that's quite saddening, isn't isn't it really? You just said that you've been dieting since you were 13. That oh, is... I know. I was, I mean, thinking back, obviously at 13, I thought I knew everything, but I had absolutely no idea. And to be that young and that impressionable and all of that pressure on, on thinking that you have to look a certain way to be accepted, I just think it's so poisonous. And where do you think that, that idea came upon you from, that you have to look X weight or, or Y dress size? I think it's everywhere. I think it's something that society promotes as a whole and therefore it comes through certain brands and, you know, whether they care to admit it, you're not like your friends and your family. I just think it's become so normal to hide away and be ashamed of your body that it's almost like the taboo to actually sort of step back and go, no, I, I quite like it. I, I want to be who I am. Uh, Mandy, your Empowered Woman project, a lot of that is to do with you want to put a stop to kind of skinny coffee type influencers on Instagram and, you know, people who are, are being sponsored to advertise these weight loss programs and then they're using photoshopped images, which, you know, there are millions of impressionable young girls and boys on these social media sites. So the consequences of what they're doing are potentially catastrophic. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. So just to echo what Mel was saying there, I was very much of the same kind of thing when I was growing up, 13, 14. I used to think if I just got abs, if I just look skinny, I'll be happy. Um, and some of these um, influencers, you're right, have a direct audience of millions and millions and millions of followers. And they're promoting products which they probably don't use, which they probably don't know the health benefits of with photoshopped images. Um, and it's very, very damaging um, on young women and men and their mental health. And it was actually raised um, the work I've been doing was raised in the house of commons today so we can see there's a real need for things to um to change Nell, have you have you kind of felt that on instagram do you ever feel pressured to, to look a certain way or, or at least understand why so many people are uh, absolutely i think there are so many celebrities and influence out there using their platform in a way i think they're trying to do it positively like i think that's what they think they're doing but it's just so harmful endorsing things like detox tea and those like appetite suppressing lollipops, like when would that ever be a good idea? I think it's completely clueless and so damaging. Yeah, especially things like lollipops, which essentially are for children. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of children, if Nell, if there was any kind of, 
I guess anything you could tell your younger self in terms of body positivity, what, what would you say? I think sort of looping back to my first answer, I would just tell myself that my body and my mind are meant to be changing all the time. Like I'm meant, like, I'm meant to put on a little bit of weight if I eat too much bread. And, you know, if I run for five days straight and do nothing, then I'm going to lose weight. Like it's all completely normal. And you just sort of, you just have to go with it. Your body changes all the time. And especially at 13, 14, when you're going through puberty and your body is having all those natural changes anyway, just roll with it and stop giving in to peer pressure. Brilliant. And Mandy, could you tell us a little bit more about what happened in the House of Commons today? Absolutely. So back in September, I launched a petition, um, which was basically to try and put an end to these celebrity endorsements. And it amassed about seven or 8,000 signatures, which was amazing because I'd not got a massive, massive platform. Um, so off the back of that, it was discussed in Scottish Parliament and then an MP from Westminster wanted to raise it there as well. So Hopefully what we can do with all of these people with bigger platforms is keep sort of having a conversation around and hopefully change the law. I don't think hashtag ad is enough of a of a sort of warning sign to put against these images once we've already seen them. And to be honest, with the way that the commercialization of Instagram has went, the sponsored ads and stuff, these things can find their way into our timelines, even if we sort of unfollow things and try and curate our, our social media in the best way we can. But, you know, platform people like Mel and, and platforms like that are, are a great way to kind of counter all of that um, toxicity. Well, I see it as toxicity anyway that's on the social media. I wanted to ask you ladies what you think about people who suggest that body positivity is promoting obesity and promoting unhealthy habits essentially so Nell I'm keen to get your opinion on that yeah definitely I mean I think there's whilst I know that there is sort of skinny shaming and stuff that goes on at the same time I don't think it's anywhere near the same as like fat phobia and fat shaming because I think regardless of whether or not like I'm, I'm sure it's horrible and obviously I can't speak from experience to be shamed because you're too thin I think that is still like society's end goal if you know what I mean like we're Mm -hmm. still promoting the idea of being being like a more do you know what I mean just more desirable if you will and I just I think the thing with fat shaming and stuff is people that are fat like they're not necessarily unhealthy it's not always synonymous Mm -hmm. and I just think like whether or not it's you like mentioning health and healthy lifestyles to your fat friend or like we said, celebrities endorsing those things on Instagram and brands using body shaming to kind of coerce you into product purchasing their products. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was that big Protein World Are You Beach Body Ready campaign that yeah. ran a couple of years ago, which was just awful. But it, and it's stuff like that. And it's stuff like doctors dismissing injuries and illnesses of overweight people and saying that it's their weight that's at fault. I just think that's... It's so harmful and it's so poisonous and there is nobody ever in the world who has, you know, it's not their job to tell you what's, what you can do with your body, how much space you are allowed to take. I don't think the body pos- positive movement promotes obesity at all. I think it just promotes understanding your body and accepting it. Like Mandy said at the very beginning, it's there for people of all body shapes mm-hmm. and types and sizes. And what about you, Mandy? Of course, it's all well and good saying that, you know, some people would say we've got an obesity crisis. This is a huge strain on our NHS. But of course, you've got the flip side, which is when you're body shaming people, that has an effect on their mental health. We've also got a mental health crisis. So I'm just just keen to know what your thoughts are on that. 
before we came on the phone, I just looked up the actual definition of body positivity. And it's the belief that all human beings should have a positive body image. The movement advocates the acceptance of all bodies, no matter the form, size or appearance. And I think that leading back to your question to Mel, we need to make sure we're differentiating between body positivity and fat acceptance because body positivity is inclusive of all body types um, that might be disabilities, that might be um, sort of gender-related things. But yeah, mental health, I think, is being hugely impacted by the messages we're receiving online. And we need to make sure that we continue to sort of counter all that stuff with positive stuff, you know? Absolutely. And just to finish off, ladies, Nell, I'll start with you. If you suddenly feel like you're having, you know, a bit of a crisis of body image or you don't feel your best, what are some of your tips to to combat that and and feel good about yourself again? So I like to, I think this is how I sort of got into it. And this is what I say to all of my friends and everybody that asks me. I think if you wake up every morning or like you said, if it's some point throughout the day when you're just feeling a bit rubbish and you stand in front of a mirror and just single out something that you like about yourself, you'll feel silly at first. Of course you will. And it takes a little while, but it absolutely works. And these affirmations can be anything. You can like look at yourself and say, oh, I'm strong. and I'm funny. Or you can say, oh, it looks really great when my fingers and toes have got matching nail varnish on. Start small, absolutely. Yeah. And then build up and say, Do you know what? I really love my thighs and look how amazing and strong my legs are. They carry me every day. And as long as you're able to look in the mirror and pick out at least one thing that you like about yourself, then you're on the right track. Amazing. Mandy, have you got any tips for a better body image? Absolutely. I just have to echo what Mel said, to be honest. It's about appreciating your body for more than just how it looks, the aesthetics. So like I often say to women who message the project, like your body actually grew a human, for goodness sake. Or, you know, you can go for a run in the park because you've got an able body. So it's about appreciating your body for more than just how it looks. And whether that's just, you know, doing the affirmations in the mirror or whether it's writing some things down, everyone has to find their own way to do that. That's amazing. Well, thank you, ladies, both for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much sorry about the noise <laughs> that was Nell Grecian who's a body and sex positive influencer and Mandy Rose Jones founder of the award-winning the empowered women project hi Lucy you okay I'm very well thank you Thank you so much for joining us on our third episode of No Really I'm Fine. It's it's great to have you here. It's uh, nice to speak to you at last. Um, so let me start off by asking, are you really fine? I am. It's a, it's a question we don't ask very often, isn't it? But I am. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, things are going well. Good, good. So you tweeted the other day, actually, um, that it's it's been nearly three years now since you've done your first live forecast on BBC One. How, how does that feel? I can't believe the time's gone that quickly. I was talking to my mum about it the other day because um, one of my family shared a, an old video from a couple of years ago and was thinking, I look so much younger. <laughs> Bit of a shock. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a great feeling. I feel much more confident with it. Um, I'm enjoying it increasingly as I'm getting more into the swing of it. So no, it's been good. So for those of us who don't know, how, how did you get into the BBC? I initially saw an advert in the newspaper. Um, there was an opportunity for people with disabilities to go and learn about how the weather's produced, how it's recorded, how it goes from a forecast to on TV or on the radio. And it was a three day course. So I applied kind of on a whim, really. It was like the last night before the application shut. My mum was there 
holding the phone, recording a short clip of me so that I could apply. And then from there, I did that and it was great and I really enjoyed it. And I thought, oh, I'm quite interested in that. And then later on, it kind of grew from there and I got some training. And then from the training, I ended up doing some cover for um, some maternity cover, actually. And then it's kind of just grown from there, really. Have you always been interested in the weather then or is that something that's just naturally progressed with the BBC training? No, I have always been interested in the weather. I um, studied geography at university and I think being British, it's one of those things that you can't really not be interested in the weather. It's kind of part of our culture. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's nice that it's sunny today. I don't know what it's like down, down your end. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> not meant to give our opinions on the weather, but it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I imagine you hate to be the bearer of uh, bad rain news as well. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's good for the garden and you also do get to bring the uh, the sunshine as well. So that's the nice bit. Yeah. <laughs> so our listeners can't see you. Would you mind telling us a bit about your disability? Of course. Yeah, I was born with one hand, so I don't have my right hand or forearm. Um, it was something I was born with. So I've always had it like that. So for me, it's completely normal. Um, my mum wasn't expecting it, so it was a bit of a surprise to her, but um, these things happen. And what was it like growing up? For me, it was completely normal because it was what I am used to. You know, I've always had one hand. I've always, that's been my normal. I was very lucky, I think, to be born to my mum who was very proactive, very much like we will roll up your sleeve and you will go and just be out there and you won't hide away. And and I think I was also lucky for the situation that I was in. I grew up in North London. There was a lot of diversity around anyway. So the situation was that people were quite used to seeing difference. I'm not saying that everybody around me had one hand, but there was a bit more diversity. And so, yes, I was different, but it felt very normal as I was growing up. I found ways to work around things that were a bit more difficult in some ways, I was probably hyper capable. I had the kids lined up in nursery tying their shoelaces. You know, I wanted to cut my own dinners up and things like that. So I, I um, had pretty normal and fairly boring childhood, I'd say. <laughs> did you ever have a prosthetic or I did. do you have one now? No, I don't have one at the minute. I had one when I was small. The advice for my mum at the time was to take me to get one of these prosthetics because if you don't, then you might not get to learn properly with it and so that was really the advice at the time was that you should get one of these prosthetics and give it a go and she really took me and we gave it a go and I didn't find it particularly useful at the time it was quite heavy the battery pack was quite bulky so I had one for a bit I took it to school on the first day that I managed to take it home my lovely head teacher took me around every class I did a bit of show and tell and then the next day my mum said right let's go to school get your get your prosthetic out and I was like I think I'm done with that now, mum. <laughs> she was like, I can't believe how much time I've spent taking you there, training you to get it, and now you don't want it anymore. But <laughs> I found it heavy and a bit unhelpful at the time. But um, I know they've come on quite a lot since then. And obviously this week it's Mental Health Awareness Week and the theme is is very much body image. Would you say you have a positive view of your body? I think I do. I think I'm... I think I'm quite lucky in that I do because I think it's not as common as it should be. Um, I feel very lucky with the body that I have. There are things that I don't like, which I think is quite common for most people. You know, there are times where I feel less confident in my body or more confident in my body. But overall, I would say I've got quite a positive, positive attitude to it. 
And and how have viewers over the years reacted to your broadcasts? I've had so much positive support. I, I'm so lucky for it. I um, I've had maybe a handful of not very nice comments, but for every not very kind comment, there's been tons more that have been positive. I've had people writing into me saying this is the first time I've seen someone with a with an arm like mine or an arm like my child or my grandchild and it's made such a difference and and that kind of ability to just make people a bit more aware and a bit more confident that things can be okay and that you can live a a normal life and do normal things it's been fantastic. And I suppose that outweighs the negative that that you must receive as well. Yeah completely there's you know you're never going to please everyone it's one of those things that even if I had two hands, I'm sure there's someone who wouldn't like me. So, you know, you do have to have a bit of a tough skin. Um, obviously, it's something that people might go for as a as a perhaps a weaker point for me, but it, I'm not bothered by it. It doesn't doesn't really hurt my feelings. Do you see it as a strong as a strength for you? As you know, this is something to be proud of. I think I do, and I don't think that's necessarily always been the way. I think when I was younger, I was a bit more aware of the difference, and you know, it was a bit more of a push from my mum. But um, for me now, I am. It's it's who I am. It's a strong part of my identity, and yeah, I'm proud. That's that's great. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> um, so yeah, mental illness. It, it's it's not a visible thing, is it? And it's it's why you never know what someone is truly going through. Is is that something that you've experienced? Yeah, I think mental health has become such a big part of everyday life. I think it's a real thing of our time, isn't it? This this need to have this conversation and and uh, just be a bit more honest with what's going on and what we're struggling with. Um, I've had, yeah, I think I've come into contact with different types of mental health and mental health problems. I'm just trying to think of uh, of an example maybe, but I think it's one of those things that is quite embedded as part of our life at the moment. So I I think it's quite hard to say that you haven't had an experience with mental health. And is it something that perhaps because we're, we're both reporters we're both in, in the sort of media would you say we sort of almost notice it more do you mean that the that the media has picked up on it more or that as we're in in the media it's more I mean that's a good point as well the media has picked up on it more but I mm. feel like sometimes in our profession we're so visible um that sometimes it can it can have an effect more maybe I mean it certainly does with me yeah of course I think I think it's uh you're a lot more vulnerable if you're uh, in the media and you're standing in someone's TV there's not really much space to hide so I definitely I definitely think that's true with our with our careers definitely and going back to the, to the media point do you think mm. we are picking up on it more in a, in a positive or negative way because I mean there's been comments recently and I, I hate to mention his name but um Piers Morgan he's he's regularly tweeted saying you know um mental health we need to be more a bit more positive and things like that and saying people need to be less whiny I mean whereas other people are, are um quite open to talk about it and want to say you know this this is mental health this is what happens I mean what are your thoughts on that I yeah I think there's it's definitely been a shift to being a bigger conversation and I think there's a lot of benefit for that there are a lot of people that are struggling in silence and that's not healthy for anyone it's that kind of a problem what's it a problem shared is a problem half you know it's definitely useful to be more educated to be more aware of what's going on um I think social media has made that more easy there's a there's channels that you can find that information it's easier to be in contact with people and and in some ways that's positive because it's you can have that conversation in some ways it creates this you know, with Instagram, there's this, uh, you can create a fake life really, can't you? And put it mm. out there. And, and there's, so there's kind of dangers with that. But I think it's a conversation that really needs to be had. 
there's been a few media outlets who have done a lot of articles on on your dresses and your fashion sense, which is very stylish, by the way. Do you feel like you <laughs> oh, need you're too to kind. look? <laughs> do you feel like you need to look a certain way when you're presenting? Whether is is that always in in the back of your mind before you go on to do a live broadcast? There is a certain way that you want to look. You know, you want to look professional. I want to look like I've you know I'm wearing a smart outfit. And there's also the things of you can't wear certain patterns or colors because that doesn't work with a green screen but I'm also don't want to conform to like particular ideals of beauty I am quite happy with the fact that I look how I look so there's a bit of I want to look smart but I don't feel too much pressure to look in a certain way you sort of want to abide by the rules of of the weather presented but at the same time try and be a bit bit like yourself what I was wondering was there's quite a lot of pressure I think from advertisers from magazines to look a certain way and so I don't feel so much pressure to conform with that but there are kind of I do want to look smart and I do want to there are just kind of restrictions on what works on the camera and what doesn't in terms of those patterns and colors and and what's fashion been like for you growing up because I mean I've been in I've been in shops where unfortunately I've had breakdowns in in changing rooms because I've not been a certain size and things like that I mean is that something that you've ever experienced yeah there well I think the sizing is just a general problem everywhere isn't it you know yeah the number of times you've walked into a shop and you're a 10 or a 12 somewhere or you're a 14 or a 16 in another shop and you think well that can't be that can't be the case but then I guess it's not putting too much power on those numbers those numbers are meant to be a guideline in terms of buying something but if you can take away that that power that it has over you to to make you feel bad because you don't fit in a certain number actually I look at it and I think well your sizing's wrong (laughs) it's not me it's you (laughs) growing up as well what's it been like for you trying on clothes you know with just one arm sorry if that sounds like a really forwarded question but so um, these are the questions that you think and that you want to you want to know the answers to and, and I think too often we feel like we can't ask because it's it's going to be offensive or rude but you know it's it's how the questions asked and what you mean isn't it I think yeah a lot of growing up my fashion sense left quite a lot to be desired sadly I was free to wear whatever I wanted which isn't great in the pictures but um Mostly I just roll the sleeves up and that's fine. Um, Recently there were the kind of the bell sleeves, the ones that kind of go out at the end near your hands. And I I felt like they didn't look great having one hand. So um, that's been the most recent thing where I thought, actually, that's a fashion that I don't really want to be a part of. But otherwise, you know, my shopping experiences have been fairly similar to, I think, a lot of the women around me, that kind of feeling inadequate because you don't fit the shape of the clothes rather than thinking that the clothes don't fit you having experiences in very hot and overly bright changing rooms and then also finding things that I love and adore and those clothes that make you feel great so I think it's that kind of similar experience really and is the studio quite hot and bright it's either really hot and bright or really chilly and bright (laughs) depending on who's been in charge of the air conditioning (laughs) (laughs) Is there a lot to sort of take in then when you're standing there doing the weather in terms of sound, like, you know, the the heat? There's a lot of components to how it comes together. When I first started, I probably didn't know the, the extent of how it comes together. So we get the forecast at the beginning of the shift. We look at the models and we work out what 
what's going to happen with the weather over the next few days. We talk to a forecaster and make sure everybody's saying the same thing. And then we're building our graphics. So the picture that you see behind me has been put together by me earlier. I'm in control of it with the uh, the weather clicker to make sure it goes at the same speed as me. Um, and we were also doing radio forecasts in between because a lot of people, when I first started, a lot of my mates were like, oh, that's a lovely job. So you do what, two forecasts and then what do you do in between? You know, a lot of sitting <laughs> around having a cup of tea. And I was like, actually, no, there's quite a lot to it. There's a lot of forecasts going on in the radio. And of course, weather's always changing. So you've got to be aware of what's going on outside and, and any changes to the forecast as you go. And then in the studio, there's making sure you're standing in the right spot and looking at the right camera, making sure your uh, graphics are going at the same time as you. And also we're at the end of the program. So we're often a bit of a buffer to the timing because everything is counted to the second. So if an interview has gone down earlier or if the pre presenters have spoken for longer than they've anticipated, our time can vary dramatically. So I've had times where I've thought I was going to have a minute and a half and then it was 30 seconds. And then I thought I was going to have a minute and a half and then it's been three minutes. So there's quite a lot of things going on in the background whilst mm. also just trying to tell the forecast <laughs> and you've got the director in your ear as well talking oh. um, talking to you telling counting down your time so that you finish on zero so it's yeah it's a lot going on is that quite stressful intense or is it something that you're used to now when I first started I, I found it very very stressful because it's it's one of those skills that you kind of learn whilst you're in it so it's a bit of a a bit of a baptism of fire you know you've got to got to just kind of jump in the deep end and go for it but as you go you get more and more used to it I've managed to tune out the the talking in my ear that I don't need to hear and and that pure adrenaline that I had at the beginning is is less and less each time what would you say to someone who's perhaps you know struggling with say anxiety or being on camera in general how what, what advice would you give to sort of help them it's a really hard question that isn't it um I think in terms of in terms of anxiety on camera, for me, it was definitely there when I started. It's something that I think will definitely ease as you go. In terms of general anxiety, I think it's a really hard one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what would I say? That there are things that you can do to make it easier. You know, there are um, techniques that you can do to help with anxiety, but also that is a part of life. And, and rather than fighting it, it's kind of learning to to be with it and how that works but obviously I'm not trained so I'm probably <laughs> probably not great advice is it and what's the support been like off your family when you first started to to now I'm very lucky I've got a very supportive family my um my mum's my probably my biggest fan particularly at the start of my career uh, you know Facebook was just like my mum sharing video after video <laughs> after video and so I'd see people that I hadn't seen in ages and they say oh I've no know what you've been doing for the last three months because your mum's kept me updated but no I'm very lucky to have that support network and I think that's really important to have those people that are there for you and that you can talk to I've got a really close-knit group of mates who I'm in contact with who um have helped help me in this in this career as well you know um recently my mum stopped watching all my forecasts and she was like oh I feel like I can relax now you've been doing it long enough so I'm oh, very charming. yeah and I was like cheers <laughs> but um <laughs> it's probably a good sign really isn't it <laughs> finally as as we mentioned earlier you know this week is mental health awareness week and it's all about body image 
what would you say to someone who's perhaps disabled and is really struggling with the way they look? I mean, because I would say for you, Lucy, you're quite quite a role model and quite aspiring to, to uh, you know, the disabled community in terms of being quite high profile and being able to overcome, you know, perhaps any negative feelings about your body. So what would you say to someone who is disabled and who is struggling, struggling with their body image? That's such a lovely thing to hear. That's a huge part of why I wanted the job really was because when I was growing up, I didn't have that role model. I didn't have that person that I could look up to and see on the TV and think, you know, you look like me. In fact, recently on Instagram, for the first time I saw someone who looked like me wearing a wedding dress and I was like, I've never seen that before. That's completely different experience and and that does have an impact. So what I'd say to to people in a similar position to me is that I think a, a lot of it is loving yourself first. You've got to have that inner confidence. Um, you're never going to please everyone. I don't think anyone's perfect. I don't think anyone, you know, even the most on paper, beautiful people have their own, own insecurities. And actually, if you can put that aside, there's a lot of life to be lived. So I would say I would not let it hold you back. You know, I'm very lucky to have been brought up in a situation where it wasn't a particularly big deal. And I know that's not the case for everybody, but there's a lot, a lot to be gained if you can, if you can overcome that. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. It's been lovely having you here. Lovely speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for checking out the show. I hope you join us on the journey as we explore mental health. You can follow us on Twitter at I'm Fine Podcast underscore. Where we'll have loads more information and some sneak peeks for future episodes. Mm-hmm.